Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything today. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we talk with the chair of Sask Wheat. The annual meeting goes next week in Saskatoon with an amalgamation resolution at the top of the agenda. A farm business strategy will be discussed at the Sask Young Ag Conference being held today in Saskatoon. We have a feature interview on the upcoming Manitoba Ag Days, a return after two years of virtual show in Brandon. The farm weather is in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Two wheat organizations in the province are talking amalgamation next week. Sask Wheat Chair Brett Halstead says a resolution will come forward at the annual meeting to join forces with the Winter Cereals Development Commission. He says the issue has been the focus of a consultation with producers during the past year. He says an online joint consultation found 95% support for amalgamation. He says a resolution will come forward at the annual meeting in Saskatoon next Monday. Well, it's just that Sask Wheat will eventually, uh, August 1st, take over the mandate of winter cereals. You know, we're a larger organization and we're set up to do it all and take on what they do within our organization. So, but it's an emer- it's a merger. It's a friendly thing. They want to do this and we want to accommodate them for the good of both winter cereals and spring cereal producers. How do producers gain advantage with this amalgamation? Well, Sask Winter Cereals is a very small organization, so they're finding it difficult to do all the things they want to do. And they're spending a fair bit of their resources or their levy income just keeping the organization going. So the benefit is that we can eliminate their share of the administration and we can put that money towards their programs rather than just keeping their organization going. And how about Saskweed? How do you see Saskweed getting, uh, uh, how does it help producers? Well, a lot of those same producers also grow spring wheat or Durham or CPS wheats. And, you know, they're the same farmers and growing just different crops. And, you know, we're just trying to consolidate in a fashion. You know, we've gone through a consultation process and, all but one or two people liked the idea of it and thought we were on the right track. And then we followed that up with, you know, an actual implementation plan. And 
same thing. Just about everybody liked it. So uh, we're going to take the resolutions to the AGMs next Monday or this coming Monday, I guess, after the weekend and probably have a little bit of a discussion and, and see where the membership wants it to go. Do you expect it to pass? Well, just based on the consultation process, uh, there was only one or two people had mentioned uh, anything in opposition to it. So, you know, if number of uh, producers get out, then I would expect it to pass. But that's what there's a discussion period for and a public opportunity for those in favor or those opposed to get out and talk about it. Although levies adjust every year, depending on production and sales, roughly what are the levies for each of the two commissions? Sask Wheat's levy on spring wheat, Durham, CPS is a dollar a ton. And I'm not sure exactly what the winter cereals levy is. It might be, it's around the same. It might be the same or very close to the same. In total dollars, what do the levies come to? Sasquatch has been around $15 million, and then, of course, it dropped down to about $8 million during the drought. And I think we're projecting around $14 million for this fiscal year that we're currently in. Uh, winter cereals has been, you know, either side of $100,000. So there's quite a difference there. And, you know, hearing those numbers, I can see why winter cereals may want to roll into Sasquatch. Yeah, like if they're spending 50% of that just to keep an organization going, it doesn't leave a lot of money to fulfill your mandate. Which, of course, is research and promotion of, of the crop. Right. Now, tell me about the last year, 2022. Reflect as the chair of Sasquatch on 2022 and your outlook for 2023. Well, you know, obviously we're, we're coming out of the pandemic, coming out of a drought, and we experienced much better crops than... We had the year before, although there were still some areas that experienced some difficulties all the way up to some people who had record crops and record incomes. So it was it was quite a mixed year. Obviously, we had wild expenses, increases in the expenses of some of our key inputs, fertilizer and fuel, for example. So it, it's quite a mixed year. All in all, probably more producers than not were happier with 22 than 21. 2023, you know, there's a lot of volatility still out there with the Russia-Ukrainian situation, as well as input costs, and we'll have to see how the year plays out, and each farmer will have to do uh, their due diligence on how to manage through that. What are your thoughts on wheat production for the coming year? I don't really have an idea on that. Uh, You know, a lot of it's going to depend on individual producers' rotations and where prices are at and their profitability of each crop in the next few months as they finalize their decisions. Brett Halstead of Nokomis is the chair of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spalding on 620 CKRM. Setting a farm business strategy for the next three to five years and charting a course on how to get there. That was a focus of one of the presentations at the Ag Excellence Conference in late November at Canmore, Alberta. Jose Lemoyne is the CEO of Baxwath Management in Winnipeg. She talks about the importance of a vision statement. If you don't know where you're going, how do you know you got there, right? So it's really important to try and figure out where am I headed? You don't need to get it perfect the first time around, but you certainly want to start by writing it down and going, okay, so this is where I think I'm going. 
There's a hundred different ways of writing a vision statement. You can write large paragraphs. You can write bullet points. You can turn them into more goal-like statements. Some people like to put objectives. We are not going to split hairs over which way you're going to do it. Just make sure that you know where you're going. Lemoyne says there are six main pillars in a farm business strategy, with number one being finances. So when we think about why you need strategy even more in 2023 is if you know where you are, then that at least gives you that peace of mind. If you start 2023 and you don't even know where you are, that's just going to give you additional stress. So let's start by figuring out where you are. The financial performance of your organization is really important. So understanding your balance sheet, your income statement, there's a bunch of ratios that you should be looking at. All of those things are really important for you to understand. And Josie goes on to say... So that gives you a picture of the past. Your financial statements are a picture of the past. What you want is also where are you going. So part of the financial performance is also about where are you going. So what do your projections look like? Some people talked about your crop plan, your inputs plan, capital plan. Wow. Love the idea of even having all of your land listed, nicknames, owned, rented, uh, that could be all part of, of everything. The equipment that you have, understanding where you are, where you need to go. Other components of a farm business strategy are technology, human resources, marketing, and operations. Lemoyne made those comments at the Ag Excellence Conference in Canmore, Alberta at the end of November. She'll be in Saskatoon this afternoon at the Sask Young Ag Conference. Her topic will be human resources on the farm and how it's changing. Sask Flax has entered a new management collaboration with Sask Canola. Wayne Thompson had been Sask Flax Executive Director for eight years prior to accepting a similar position with the Western Grains Research Foundation. Greg Sunquist farms in the Watrous area and is the chair of the Saskatchewan Flax Development Commission. Sunquist says both producer commissions have similar mandates and key focus areas, research, extension and market development. Tracy Broughton, the Executive Director of Sask Canola, will be our day-to-day person, but they also have a lot larger staff than uh, Sask Flax ever did. So all the other administrative side of it can be also picked up by Sask Canola. So you've got the bookkeeping, the office space, et cetera, et cetera. So that helps our budget for sure. The canola and flax levies from producers will continue to be collected separately. In addition, Sask Canola and Sask Flax will maintain individual board of directors as well as separate governance structures. Sask Flax and Sask Canola will hold their annual general meetings next week in Saskatoon in conjunction with the Western Canadian Crop Production Show. The B.C. government says it's working on a plan to remove more than 30 cattle from Okanagan Lake near Kelowna. When the weather in southern B.C. turned cold last month, ice formed on parts of the lake. Some of the cattle started wandering onto it. As the weather turned warmer around Christmas, it made the ice unstable and 31 cattle fell through and drowned. The deceased livestock has remained underwater for more than a week. The government says the top priority right now is to remove the carcasses from the water and to make sure the water quality of the lake hasn't been affected. The government is working with the nearby Okanagan Lake Indian Band and the owner of the cattle. The estimated loss to the rancher is about 100000 Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. 
Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Let's chat used equipment. And when we chat used equipment, I don't know if there's a bigger expert in the world than Greg Peterson, better known as Machinery Pete. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, always uh, good to be back with you, Sean. Absolutely. Okay, so Greg, as you look back and reflect on 2022, uh, how would you describe what happened in 2022 in the used machinery machinery market? As we look back at 12 months of data, auction uh, sale pricing, all types of equipment from all over throughout 22, you know, it was pretty clear. Uh, It just went higher by the month. And then the second half of the year, it literally went higher by the week. And in November, December, it went higher by the day. Uh, So, of my 33 years doing this, I thought 2021 couldn't be topped, but 2022 just actually just dusted it, blew the doors off it. You know, there's there a lot of reasons why you had to look at what's happening with the supply of both new equipment, which remained pinched with the supply chain issues, you know, affecting farm equipment manufacturers more so than like automobile makers, other sectors. And even more important than that, was just been the supply of used equipment, which is at historic lows at dealer lots across North America. So you swirl that with strong farm income, and that's what that's why these auction record prices we were seeing every day. Yeah, and so as we look here ahead to 2023, I guess it begs the question: Can this continue? Can can we sustain these kinds of strong? Like I, every farmer I talk to on our Thursday show, we do the farmer rapid fire. We talk to farmers across the country. They all say the same thing. Ah, oh, it's, it's it's crazy these prices. I don't know what guys are doing. It's almost like they're describing land values when they're talking about used machinery. Yeah, actually, you know, from a data standpoint, that's a pretty good analogy, Sean, because we work with 1,100 plus auction firms throughout U.S. and Canada, and obviously our main focus is machinery. But I mean, I, I know these folks, and I I talk to them, and when we talk to them about their machinery sale, we tend to say, well, how how are land values doing? And it, it's actually exactly the same. And that gets back to what I said before, where it's been difficult to report because on the one hand, it's, you know, when you do this 33 years, you think you've seen everything and I hadn't seen anything until this year because we would see a nice piece of equipment, particularly, well, it was almost across all equipment sectors uh, where you would, you would see a nice item come in and it, it might set a record by, you know, $35,000. And I've maybe seen 600 of that item sold. And that's just, you just, you know, can't guess that that would happen. But that reaction people have, I can't believe this, I can't believe this. That gets back to what I said about the tightest historic supply of used equipment ever. And we actually have data on the back end of our machinerypeat.com website that tracks volume of listings by category and by model. And middle of the year, I ran some stats and if you looked at the number of five-year-old high horse tractors for sale versus three years ago in 2019, it was down 79%. Oh, wow. And so that, <clears throat> it did a couple things. So when these prices are so high, Sean, people throughout, increasingly throughout the year would ping me like, hey, when's the other shoe going to drop? And that was a very, that's a very understandable question because throughout farmer's whole career and they're talk to their dad and their grandpa, the same thing. Times are good. Price, you know, prices are high. 
And then when things change, whoop, you fall off a cliff. Mm -hmm. The difference now is when I look back to three, four, five years ago, the gap between the amount of late model used equipment on the lot and the search traffic we get to machinerypeat.com, that gap was always huge. It was always too much late model used on the dealer lot. And what we saw in the last two years is that supply just tanked, just tanked. And so now, unfortunately, you know, you can't snap your fingers and make there be more of three, four, five, seven-year-old used items on dealer lots. They're just, they're not there right now. So it creates this continuing condition of, it, it almost doesn't matter that you, we can't believe that this five, 10-year-old tractor sold for X. It's like, if you don't get that one, what are your other options? This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. A few flurries today... Ending this afternoon, then cloudy sky. Fog dissipating this afternoon, wind northwest 20, becoming light this afternoon. The high today, minus 12. Fog patches again tonight, the low, minus 19. Friday, partly cloudy. Fog patches dissipating tomorrow morning, wind southeast 20. A high minus 12, the low minus 15. Saturday, sunny with a high minus 3, the low minus 9. Sunday, cloudy, the high minus 5, the low minus 11. Monday, cloudy, the high minus 7, the low minus 13. Tuesday, cloudy, the high minus 8, the low minus 12. Wednesday, cloudy, the high minus 7. Normal high is minus 11, the normal low minus 23. The sun rose at 8.59 this morning. It sets at 5.09 tonight. And currently around the province, the hot spot is Cypress Hills in the southwest corner at minus four. The cold spot also in the southwest, Valmarie at minus 19. Estevan is minus 10, Saskatoon minus 16, Swift Current minus 9, Weyburn minus 12, Yorkton is minus 17 degrees. Overcast in Regina, light snow, it's minus 12 degrees, that's 11 above Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest at 18. Humidity is 85%, the barometer rising 102.2. Fog in Moose Jaw minus 11, winds are from the northwest at 18. Once again, Regina overcast and light snow, it's minus 12, that's 11 above Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. More than 70 speakers will be featured in Brandon at Manitoba Ag Days, January 17th to 19th. Media coordinator Teresa Volotin says there are 32 entries in the Innovation Showcase for producers. Manitoba Ag Days is running from Tuesday, January 17th until Thursday, January 19th. 
and we have a number of speakers. We have over 70 speakers. We have an innovation showcase that has 32 entries, and we have our Ag Days Gives Back, which is giving back $29,000 into reinvesting into the community through ag education and into community fire departments. So those would definitely be show highlights for this year. 70 speakers. What are some of the key topics that will be discussed that farmers would be interested in? We have three keynote speakers speaking on our theme of farmer safety, health, and wellness. We also have speakers specifically about um, agronomic topics, economic topics, and machinery topics. So Machinery Peach is coming to speak to us. We have Josh Linville coming to talk about fertilizer. Pierre Zihan is talking about the agriculture at the end of the world. J.P. Gervais is talking about inflation. And Evan Schout is talking about change and how we dream big and innovate fast. So we have a wide variety of speakers. There is something for everyone on every day of the show. Sounds like some really interesting topics. Everything from what's happening with the marketplace to interest rates. Absolutely. We definitely have all aspects of agriculture. We have Ryan Boyd speaking to us about reclaiming the prairie landscape. So there's topics for livestock, commodity crop producers, and everyone in between. Tell me a little bit about the Innovation Showcase. Just what is that? Absolutely. So the Innovation Showcase allows us to showcase new products or services in egg space. There are seven categories and the contenders are showcasing their newest products. They were able to highlight those products at the show. So if you are curious about how you can evolve your operation and what the next tech might look like, they're there so you can touch, see, look, ask questions specific to your operation and imagine how these innovations might fit in your operation. Do you have a few examples? Absolutely. So one of our, we have two drone entries. We have a telescoping bin. We have an auto steer specifically for working with green bagging tractors. We have electric auger and seed treatments. So there is a little bit of everything in these seven categories. Egg business, animal livestock, agronomics, and a farmer built invention as well. How many producers do you hope to see attend the show? We typically have about 40,000 people moving through the show over the course of those three days, and we expect this year will be the same. We're looking for a great crowd. This is our first year back after two virtual shows, and so we are very much looking forward to welcoming people to the Keystone Center in person. And again, it's in Brandon. What does it cost to get in? Admission, early tickets, early bird tickets are $15 per day or $40 for a three-day pass. If you want to buy your tickets at the door, the cost is $20 per day. Or if you're coming on Tuesday and want to buy a three-day pass, it will be $40 at the door as well. Those t- tickets are available online right now at agdays.com tickets. And while you're online, you can also purchase 50-50 tickets and the proceeds of all those 50-50 tickets are going to that Ag Days Gives Back Fund which is supporting community fire departments this year. So you've had a pretty big show planned uh, after two virtual programs. Absolutely. We have 550 plus vendors, as I said, 70 speakers. 
We have over 100 new exhibitors, so there will be something new that you might not have seen at the show before. We are very excited to welcome everyone back and are, are really, really excited to offer such a, a great show. Manitoba Days opens in Brandon, Tuesday, January 7th. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. The USDA has compiled a report on damage done to Ukraine's agricultural infrastructure during the 10-month war. Rod Bay has more details. Russian missile attacks aimed at Ukraine's electrical and power infrastructure has been going on since October. As a result, millions in that war-torn nation remain without power. Crop and dairy farmer Case Huizinga says besides lost power to those Ukrainian farms still in operation during the conflict. We have a few very big nitrogen fertilizer plants in Ukraine and they can't work now because they don't have the electricity and gas obviously also comes from Russia. Huizinga said much of the direct damage to Ukrainian farms is along the front lines and around the Black Sea. Their farms have been bombed, dairy farms have been bombed and those guys are not farming anymore. Of course, it's too dangerous there, or their fields are still mined. Ukraine lost like 20 25 percent of its arable surface to the war. I'm Rod Bade reporting in Washington, D.C. Coming up, here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful, your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell $4.50 at $849.92. One red spring wheat gained $9.15 at $420.27. The rest were unchanged. Durham $496.28. Feed barley $356.57. Chickpeas $925.95. Flax $682.98. Lentils, 767.50. Yellow peas, 476.89. And feed wheat, 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March dropped one and a quarter cents at 902 and a quarter cents. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of January the 4th. The Heartland staff in Yorkton would like to wish everyone a very happy new year to one and all and all the best in 2023. I always like to say stay safe and stay healthy. No sale this week, so no Mark Report. Our first sale will be uh, pre-sort on January the 11th. That sale is one of my favorite sales. Lots of excitement from the buyers and producers across the whole country, from the western feedlots to the eastern feedlots. This sale always draws a lot of attention, and it will be a barn burner. We will have pre-sorts every week going forward here, and please book your cattle and your trucks to avoid any disappointment. Our first bred cow and bred heifer sale will be Friday, January the 27th. We have 150 consigned so far. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. 
And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,200 hogs Wednesday, selling a range of $199 to $209 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,000 head, selling a range of $197 to $211 per CKG. Hams and born sows this week are up, selling in the range of 34 to 40 cents per pound live wheat. Hams cash hog price today is up, and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar is up 81 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3508. Coming up, the resort. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Researchers from the University of Saskatchewan have used the Canadian Light Source to study a common agriculture byproduct to treat wastewater contaminated by antibiotics and other pharmaceutical chemicals. The study found flax shivs that have been treated with heat and steam absorb the medication carbamazepine from wastewater. Flax shivs are the material left after fibers extracted from flax stems. Researcher Catherine New says there are many agricultural byproducts generated that are not effectively used. She hopes by creating absorbents that are inexpensive and easily accessible, they can attract the attention of businesses looking for more efficient ways to treat wastewater. On the markets, the TSX has fallen 113 points to 19,475. The Dow has declined 395 points to 32,874. Oil has gone up $1.38 at 74.22 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73.60 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.